today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. And had to uh, really bring in a whole new team. So we brought in a whole new 15 players that second year. And we had the biggest turnaround in California junior college basketball, going from three wins to 20 wins with the appearance in the California State Tournament in the Elite Eight. And so we followed that up this uh, 1920 season with an appearance in the Sweet 16 in the California State Tournament and, and got knocked out. And a couple of days later, uh, then the pandemic hits. And so the California State Tournament got canceled and never would have known who was going to be the champion there. And then COVID canceled our season this year. So um, it's been a ride to say the least, uh, four years. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them. What makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people, uh, at the final four in the off season, you should be doing it all year round. And we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally development, we have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new genuine relationships. It takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com membership. All right, welcome to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight, brought to you today by Fulcrum Technologies. If you guys are looking for a video editor, that is as good as anything out there. In fact, the best. Um, check out Fulcrum Tech. Uh, not only uh, is their editor second to none, uh, but it's also a fraction of the cost of any of their competitors. Uh, so if you're looking to uh, up your program's ability to break down film and present film to your, to your team and save money all at the same time, Visit Fulcrum Tech. It's Fulcrum T E C. They don't they don't put the H at the end of Tech, Justin. Um, they just end it with a C because that's how that's how baller they are at Fulcrum. So check them out. Follow them on social media um, or visit their website. Reach out to Matt Marlowe. Tell them Rising Coaches sent you, and they will take care of you and your program. 
Okay, today we are joined by Santa Monica College basketball assistant coach, uh, Justin Maidenberg. Justin, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Adam. I really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, I, I live in the Hollywood area. Okay, well, oh, all right. Completely different climate, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's close to the same, but it seems yeah. like it would be a nice day out. For sure. Well, good. Um, Justin, tell us, tell us, man, how you um, give us a little bit about your background, where you grew up and how you got into coaching. Yeah. So I was born and raised in LA and I really got into coaching kind of by accident. Um, to be honest, I was really interested in kind of the uh, management path through probably the front office or basketball operations side initially coming out of high school. Um, I wasn't a very good player at the high school level, so I knew I, I still wanted to stick in basketball and I felt like um, going through a management or front office position would be kind of my route. Um, it just happened to be I couldn't pass a couple of core classes in college. And so I figured uh, that wasn't going to be the route for me because I just was I guess I wasn't smart enough at the time to pass those classes. Um, so by way, just of kind of going by accident, I went to my local park and rec just for an open run. And on their flyer on the gym door, it said uh, they were looking for volunteer coaches. And it was the summertime, so I, I had a lot of free time that summer, and I figured, you know, why not give it a try? Hopefully um, impact some of the kids in the community that live around the area and just give back to them by being a, a volunteer park and rec coach. So I, I first started with 8- to 10-year-olds, and I had such an enjoyable experience that summer uh, that I wanted to continue it. And so um, just by way of kind of falling into that on accident, that's how I got into coaching. And so being a local park and rec coach actually um, turned into me going back to my middle school and being the head boys basketball coach there. And my athletic director there was also the girls varsity coach. And so I got to work with him for a season two as a girls varsity assistant. And I knew I really wanted to stay in coaching, but uh, I was more so passionate about going the college route. So I, I knew I wanted to also continue my education. And I went to uh, the University of San Diego for my master's degree and was a manager there for a couple of years. And through being a manager, I, I really uh, recognized that the college game is just so much different. And I, I really had a passion for learning there. And so knowing that I wanted to continue in the coaching route, I just reached out to every coach I could find in the Southern California area because I knew I was coming uh, back to live in LA um, and see what other opportunities were there for me to pursue coaching. And it just happened to be late in the summer. I emailed my current head coach and he needed an assistant coach at the time. And just by way of luck and right time that I found that spot and he didn't know me beforehand. We didn't have a relationship, but he was willing to hire me. And so I really, really appreciate him for that. And that's how I got to Santa Monica College was just by way of accident, really, to be honest. That's awesome. How many how many years have you been at Santa Monica now? Uh, if you include the COVID year, which we had a canceled season, it would be four years. Four years. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Backing up, because I grew up in the LA area too. What, okay. what high school did you go to? I went to two high schools actually. So the first high school I went to uh, is no longer around. It closed, but its uh, name is Pacific Hills School in West Hollywood. And then I transferred to Providence High School in Burbank. Providence. They were in our league. I went to Viewpoint. Oh, cool. Yeah. In the same. Back when I was there, this is years and years ago because I'm old. But it was the the um, the Liberty League, and our summer yeah. our summer ball like we had a summer season, and it was hosted at Burbank. Um, I mean, not yeah. at Burbank, at Providence in Burbank. Yeah, yeah. And you guys had that little gym with the stage at the end. I used to get buckets in the summer league at Providence. Yeah, um, 
it, it never translated into the actual season, but summer league was my jam. Like I would, uh, I don't know, something about confidence and the yeah. swagger. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yes. They built on a whole new facility. It doesn't even compare. It's I'm, a, I'm sure. It's a new gym, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where you guys get like, uh, they had a pretty decent program back in the day. Are they still pretty good? Uh, they have been. Uh, so I always tell people this because they associate it with it. But Marcus Levette went to Providence. And so he was uh, a really, really good player. I think he ended, uh, ended up finishing his career and staying with St. John's under the Chris Mullen era, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but when I went back there for an alumni game was his freshman year. And I ended up guarding him for a couple possessions. And I heard the hype around him being a really, really talented player. Um, he didn't really have an amazing game. He had a good game, but um, I'm sitting there saying like, okay, like I can see the talent. And then I think the first week of his high school season, he drops like a 50 ball. And then I just, I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. So that's my claim to fame with the Providence store is I guarded him for a few possessions and that was that, but I had never expected that was coming. That's that's why I didn't go off because you were locking them up. <laughs> I'd like to think so, but probably not. Just a, just an alumni game probably didn't want to bring it anyways. Uh, um, all right, very cool. So, um, tell me about your four years at Santa Monica College. How's that been? What was that first, you know, like taste of college coaching like? Anything that surprised you? Any you know some of the biggest lessons you learned? Yeah, so our first year, we all got there. My head coach got the job in June, and all of us assistants got there in August. And so basically, uh, we're there with not having any real program in the summer, and we get there first day of school. We don't even know everybody that walked into our gym. Um, so in that way, it was kind of difficult to figure what's our roster really going to look like. Um, but we inherited the previous regime's players, and not to say they weren't talented or anything like that, but uh, they just didn't fit what we were looking for as players. And so we ended up having a really bad first season and had to uh, really bring in a whole new team. So we brought in a whole new 15 players that second year. And we had the biggest turnaround in California junior college basketball, going from three wins to 20 wins with the appearance in the California state tournament in the elite eight. And so we followed that up this uh, 1920 season with an appearance in the sweet 16 in the California state tournament and, and got knocked out. And a couple of days later, uh, then the pandemic hits. And so the California state tournament got canceled and never would have known who was going to be the champion there. And then COVID canceled our season this year. So um, it's been a ride to say the least uh, four years uh, at the junior college level kind of feels like dog years in a sense, just because every day is different. Every day is a grind. Uh, but it's been a great experience having on the floor coaching experience. And really, when you're at the junior college level, you kind of have to have a, a hand in everything just because that's the that's the level it is. And so I've learned a lot and really been able to get great experience on the floor and off the floor with a lot of different responsibilities. So uh, it, it's been nice to kind of work through that and um that's just kind of the level it is. And so you get to have a great relationship with the players and the coaching staff and really try and get these guys moved on to their next school. And hopefully they're uh, good enough, at, at least talented wise and academic wise to move on to a four year program and earn a scholarship and, and ultimately earn their degree. I, I think that's what it's all about is getting them prepared for life after junior college. And now a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As off-season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. 
Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. For sure. Yeah, great stuff. And we've talked about it a lot, and I, I always talk about it, but I love my JUCO experience. Yeah. You said that about it feels like dog years. I used to always say one year at JUCO takes two years uh, off the end of your life. So every year, <laughs> so you're going to, you're yeah, eight years. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Justin. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is a grind. And the reward really is the journey in the sense of going through day to day with the players and the coaching staff and seeing if you can ultimately achieve the goals that you set out for yourself and, and the players and the staff. And so it's it's a hard process, no doubt about it. But you learn a lot and you really do um, get prepared for everything. Um, tell me a little bit about like the California Juco Leagues for those that are listening that don't know. There's the NJCAA, which is like right. the National Junior College Association. It has every everybody. And then there's California, which right. has their own community college association, their own league. They're not affiliated. They don't play each other. Uh, it may be at a jamboree or something, but that's it. Um, I don't even know if – do you guys – does the California teams go to jamborees with NJCA programs? No, we really oh, don't man. have exhibitions just because the budgeting is so low at the California junior college level that – it's really hard to travel out of state. Yeah. So, so it's all just California schools. So tell for the most part. Yeah. yeah if you, tell me if, about, yeah. If you can schedule a non-conference game in the season, that's kind of on you if you have right. the budget, but it just typically doesn't happen. So tell us about the California Juco league. Obviously last chance of you has kind of brought some exposure to it. <laughs> so what's, what's the league like and what's that, what's that show coming out been like too? Yeah, so being, so last chance you, it really does highlight what a lot of the the struggles and the successes are at the California junior college level. Um, I saw myself briefly in the handshake line when uh, we knocked out East LA in the eighteen nineteen season. So, oh, you got a cameo in there? <laughs> barely. I like to say that I'm famous because of that, but I'm not. Um, so it's cool being the last team still to beat them on their home floor, seeing as how no one beat them on their home floor in the nineteen twenty season, and COVID canceled this season. So it's kind of Interesting saying we're the last team uh, to do that. But yeah, Adam, really the the California junior college system is kind of divided in um, smaller divisions, uh, or I'm sorry, smaller conferences really by um, area of uh, where that school is located respectively in Southern California or Northern California. And really uh, the Southern California teams primarily play each other in the non-conference schedule, just because like I said, it's hard to really travel. Uh, at this level. And so they only really face Northern California teams if you make it to the state tournament at the Elite Eight, Final Four, and championship game. So primarily throughout the year, you're getting Southern California versus Southern California, Northern California versus Northern California. Gotcha. Um, uh, How's the level of play like compared to, you know, just other stuff you've watched at the junior college level? Yeah, no, it's really close to, I would say, probably even the Division One National Junior College level. We actually had a player that made it to um, Jerry Mullen's Top 100 camp. And so I got a chance to go out with him in Fort Worth, Texas, and watch all the players that were invited to that camp. And the talent level is really similar. I just feel like, uh, you know, 
the, there's different skill sets. There's different players um, at every school and at every level, but the talent is pretty close. And you'd be surprised that California could really compete with a lot of the other junior colleges across the country. For sure. And if you're like recruiting, if you're like, you know, at a four-year school, you can get some sleepers out of California because they don't get the same exposure and people don't go out there to recruit as often. Yeah, really. I found that a lot of coaches want to go to a school that's close by an airport for whatever reason, because it's easier to get in and out of. And I guess being in California, it's kind of hard for coaches to get out this way. But when they do, I mean, it's really special. And I feel like that um, either they're impressed or they like what they see. And, and hopefully that turns into helping that um, coach and that program uh, have success for that following year. Absolutely. Um, Justin, talk a little bit about like how you handled you know, obviously you guys didn't have a season, like you mentioned, because of COVID. Yeah. How did you handle like trying to meet people during, you know, that time and um, connect during the pandemic when you can't go out and be face to face? Yeah, it's really hard. And especially within California, that probably had some of the strictest rules throughout the country. Uh, just taking advantage of all the virtual events that you can. And so, Adam, I really appreciate you and Rising Coaches for hosting all this that you do. Um, but really, one of the things that I thought was, um, besides all the webinars and symposiums and um, virtual conferences you can attend. For me, I'm really uh, passionate about learning. And so I want to learn from anybody. It doesn't matter what level you coach at. Um, but for me, and aspiring to be a coach at the Division One level, I reached out to all the coaches I could find on Twitter and just went through each school's uh, website staff directory and found all the coaches on their staff and just um, follow them on Twitter. And if they had their uh, DMs open, I would just message them hoping to connect and learn from them and exchange numbers with them. And if they didn't respond to me, that's cool. Uh, but if they did, you know, hopefully um, we could strike up a conversation and connect from there. And so I did that with uh, both the men and women's side, because like I said, I'm really passionate about learning and, and really want to connect with people. And so if I can uh, help them out in any way, I'm, I'm happy to do so. But anything they share with me, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to form a new friendship and relationship and see uh, where that can go. And just, like I said, connect with them on uh, really any level and, and hope to learn from them. Yeah, well, two things. Number one, that's one of the great things about junior college is it gives you an excuse to talk to yeah. coaches, right? Like you're trying right. to impress your players. So you've always got something other than like the, you know, the, what can sometimes be awkward, like, hey, yeah. I just want to connect. Um, so that's great. And then number two, uh, I love that you utilize like Twitter to do that. And I know some people don't like to do that. And I'm all for like, I mean, handwritten notes are great. Right. It's great. Certainly they're more professional, but you'd be surprised how many, like more people you can connect with through Twitter. I do it myself. Oh, like, yeah, I do it trying to reach out to ADs and stuff. Like people don't, a lot of times people don't answer their phone or their right. emails, but right. if you, you slide into their DMS, which yeah. Ryan it's uncomfortable when I say that, but when you do that, uh, uh, you know, like people respond, people hit you back quicker a lot of the time. No, it's insane. You're absolutely right. in in terms of I'll try and call and text coaches sometimes about our players and they'll ask me, uh, was it an email? And I said, yeah, of course I send emails about our players, but uh, for whatever reason, they're faster to respond via Twitter. And I'm not sure what that reason is, but Hey, if that's the way that we can connect then I'm, uh, happy to do that. And like I said, if I can help them with a player, great. And if not, still, I'd like to connect and learn from them and uh, just really be of any value that I can be and, and take anything away from them that they can share with me that I can add. Um, because I think really this profession is about connecting with people and, and learning from 
everybody that you come across. And so uh, you, I'm always constantly trying to improve and uh, really hone in on my craft, perfect my craft and, and do anything that I can to uh, get better every single day, because I think that's what it's about is putting in the necessary work and improving your craft so that you can be of service to other people. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to someone else that's trying to break into the profession? Yeah, um, I think the biggest piece of advice is really just stay persistent and be obsessed with your craft and learning and and don't be discouraged by anybody that doesn't respond back to you. Um, I've had it plenty of times. I've probably been uh, ignored more so than I've been responded to. And, and that's totally fine. It is what it is. Um, but if you can stay persistent, not get discouraged, eventually, I think your time will come. And it's not necessarily when you're looking for the break, but whenever it happens and you can get a break and someone does respond to you, or you're able to connect with somebody, then I think it's going to organically happen. And, and so by way of it just being something that you're not necessarily expecting, but by way of it naturally unfolding the way it does, um, I think that's the way to go about it. And um, ultimately just really, really stay as persistent as you can, because a lot of the times people forget to respond and that's okay. Um, but if, if as long as you don't get discouraged and you keep doing that and stay focused on what your goals are, I think ultimately it will come for you. Great stuff, Justin. Well, we appreciate you being on. And more importantly, man, I appreciate you being such an active member of the Rising Coaches community. You're you're all over it, man. You're on all our Zooms and you do a great Thank job you. asking questions and interacting. And that's really where the value of the membership lies. So we appreciate you being such a, a a valuable piece of our community. Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate you and Aaron and everybody else that contributes to the Rising Coaches community and the platform. And I just love everything that this community is about. And like I said, learning from people is great, um, but you just give everybody the chance to improve every day. And, and I really do appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Absolutely, man. Thanks again, Justin. We appreciate you being on. Thanks, Adam. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development plan planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more. Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, Check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.